Hi, I'm Emma. And I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of? It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week we're talking about something I actually teased a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that has consumed my waking hour uh, waking hours ever <laughs> since. We're talking about the Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. I'm talking in my professional voice again. This is like the third time we've had to start recording today because of technical difficulties. <laughs> and so the first time I was like, I've got so much energy, I'm ready to go. This is amazing. And now I'm like, so their silliness is, is no longer lives here. They've not been paying their rent. They've been evicted. I'm only a serious businesswoman now. Go ahead, Jenny. Do you have something else you wanted to tell me? Sure. Yeah, okay. Um. So um, for my spotlight swap today, I'm, I'm going to be talking about um, Netflix Party, which is mm. an extension uh-huh, off uh-huh. of Chrome. And, um, and we, we owe it, it so much. We owe it so much. We actually owe it for um, your vision fire saga because um, Emma was telling me about this and she said, Jenny, not for the podcast, as if you've listened to previous podcasts, Emma's brought this forward as like a spotlight before. Um, and she was like, Jenny, I know this is not for the podcast. Just please watch it. I just it. need you to just watch this. I need it. it to live. And I was like, okay, but... I didn't know how likely it would be for me to watch it alone. So I was like, are you free tonight? Sure. And so immediately we it. I was. Thank you, Statutory Holidays. Yes. <laughs> and so we watched it. And yeah, Netflix Party is a great thing to have if you have Chrome and you have Netflix. Uh, I don't know why you don't have it yet. It, as if you have somehow gotten so far this far into lockdown that you haven't downloaded Netflix Party, get on it. Yes. Apparently Netflix Party has been... A thing for a while now, okay. but has been even more popular since the pandemic. I feel and like for my lockdown. parents don't have Netflix Party, but that's because they viscerally hate watching anything that is not on a television. Like they don't watch things on computers, so like they have no reason to oh. ever use a Chrome extension. But I mean, y- you could. All you got to do is just like plug an HDMI cord to your TV. Oh, that's to too computer. much hassle. That's too much. <laughs> that's too much. I can't do that. I no. Yeah. So Netflix Party is. I highly recommend getting it. It. I've been watching, for the first time ever, Avatar The Last Airbender on there with me and one of my friends. There is no war in Ba Sing Se. Yeah! I also have not watched Avatar, but someone explained that to me recently, so now I'm happy that I know one Avatar thing. <gasps> I straight up may, like, get you to watch it for the podcast, oh. because oh. it's I... like, I almost brought it as my spotlight today, and I was like, oh no, I mean, I'll just do Netflix Party, but actually, like, it is, like, television that I've never seen before, quote- children's television like it had me chilling to the bone last night i'm halfway done the final season there's only three seasons i've seen and the last episode oh because don't tell me i'm not gonna say anything but one of our friends uh i feel like you were actually also there but maybe you don't remember but one of our friends in university made me watch it uh so that he could show me a really good animation and i was like i don't know what's going on i'm sure this is very impressive to everyone else but he's like very emotional and watching for my reaction i was like i'm so sorry this has literally no effect on me continue it's also like a big deal because i didn't really watch anime didn't really watch i didn't watch anime like that type of style like i uh, am a disney family so we didn't i never watched those types of film or animation styles and i used to not like them i used to think it it just wasn't appealing to me, but now I'm like, oh, damn, there's some things they can do in this that you wouldn't be able to do in other um, 
styles and stuff. So, but yeah, Netflix party. <laughs> Definitely do it because it gets people to watch things like that you would never think about before. And also you have that ex- like experience of watching it with someone in the comfort of your own home. And yes, a lot of watching something is a physical reaction of like gasping and moving around and like your voice, but you can type in Netflix party to have like some interactions. I and... miss theaters yeah. so much. I miss I breaking my friends' hands as I clutch at them. I miss yes. my shoes sticking to the floor. I miss my back being sore in terrible Cineplex uh-huh. chairs. I miss <laughs> eating $9 popcorn. Actually, I don't miss that. Cineplex popcorn's not even good. <laughs> Continue. I mean, when you I I put some M and M's in there and some fake butter. Mm. They need the orange mm. salt. Cineplex needs to start carrying the orange salt at their popcorn concession stands. Orange salt? You ever had, like, it's like it's orange. It's salt. You put it on popcorn. I don't. It's probably. I mean, a chemical. I got that far. It's probably a chemical, <laughs> but it tastes really good. It makes your tongue burn a little bit. That doesn't sound good. It's delicious. I don't know what it's <laughs> called. It's delicious. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, right now, at least in my province, like we're at a phase of um, reopening that movie theaters are reopening, but I'm still not going to go to them right now. Yeah, I but I do miss it. I used to see IMAXs weekly, and now I don't. Oh, and so I just sweet. miss a giant screen and being like, I am the trolley, like sitting in the front row and just, oh, I miss it. But yeah, if you want to have some communal... Um, experience watching a film or holding a friend accountable for watching it, um, then definitely get Netflix <laughs> party. We effective. wish this was for other things. <laughs> um, I also, I don't remember what the site is called, but use a similar site to Netflix party for streaming YouTube videos at the same time. And I was Ooh. watching the Actors for a Cause uh, live read of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Nice. Uh, which, again, like is something I never would have watched had my friend been like, I want to watch this, but it will be more fun if we watch it together. And I was like, okay, well, let's yeah. let's do a, a viewing party then. Because it was a really stacked cast. Stacked cast, I mean, probably not by many people's standards, but by my standards, perfect. It had the lead actress, Jenny Mason, from Roswell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali E. Carvalho was playing Jeannie Bueller. And also, Emerald Tubia was Sloane, and she's so wonderful. I love her on Shadowhunters so much. Um, anyways, it was really good, and also, I've never seen Ferris Bueller. So, which is which is the thing. This it's, shocks me to my core. I'm aware of Ferris Bueller as a cultural event. I'm aware I've seen parts of Ferris Bueller, because it's on TV. It's also been available for sale at any garage sale I've ever attended. Yeah, like, I never would have watched it because I have no attachment to Ferris Bueller. So I was like, I like these people. I'm not going to watch this library. And my friend was like, nope, we're watching mm. it. And it was so good. And it also made me appreciate John Hughes writing a lot more because there was none of the classic Chicago imagery. I also realized that John Hughes movies all take place over the course of one day. Oh. Like Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. I mean, not all of them. But anyways, that was just an observation I had. Anyways, sharing, shared viewing experiences. Very positive. Sharing, yes, yes, yes. segues into... Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Why are you saying Eurovision that way? I don't know. I think it's because I rewatched <laughs> it last night and um, Little Lars, the beginning goes Eurovision. Maybe he says Vision, ah. but I'm not prepared to commit to saying Vision instead of Vision, so I just go Eurovision. I don't. Every time I was like, what? <laughs> You've been transported back in time. Had you heard of, before we get to the movie, had you heard of Eurovision yes. before? So the. The only thing I've ever heard of Eurovision is, I think it was, like, back in 2013, 
Whenever I started Tumblr, whenever you were like, Jenny, you need to be on Tumblr. You were 2012. Okay. 2012, when I joined Tumblr. I was 2011, and and then I didn't actually start using it until, like, that spring, like, the spring after, which I think is when you joined. Yes. And I just remember just seeing, like, a bunch of stuff and people freaking out about your vision, which was something I had no idea about. All I knew, even on Tumblr, was that there was people in crazy costumes singing, and it was European, and everyone in the States hates that they're not invited. That's all I knew and continued to know until this day. (laughs) I knew that someone sang an amazing song and they had a beard and were in a giant, like, flowing gown and that they won. That's all I... That's the other reference I kind of know. But besides that, I don't know anything really about Eurovision. Okay. So when I was in high school, uh, one of my very good friends is originally from Romania. And so she and her mom loved Eurovision. And Mm. we never watched the contest, but I would go to her house and, like, watch videos. And her favorite was Alexander Ryback. Um, and fairy tale. He won in a year. <laughs> I want to say 2009. <laughs> I will. Okay. Um, and he actually competed again a couple years later with uh, This Is How You Write a Song. Chef's Kiss. So good. Um, mm. he, and so I will get to it later, but like I fully lost my shit when Alexander Rybik showed up because we were just crazy for this boy when I was 15. He's the, the fiddler. And so oh. he showed up, and I was, like, ready to just, like, rip off my shirt. And <laughs> it was so good. I Yeah, I watched it on, like, a Saturday morning for the first time on a Saturday morning. And uh, was meeting people for a socially distanced uh, hang shortly afterwards. And I was like, you guys, I watched Eurovision, and it was really good. Yeah. And um, everyone in my uh, uh, social bubble was very skeptical. Um, largely due mm. to the presence of Will Ferrell and I was like no it's so good and also because there was one European there and she was like I don't trust Americans to do the proper respect mm. that Eurovision deserves and I was like no no watch it you're gonna love it spoiler alert yes. they did I, I do also know some people we also know mutual people that do not like Will Ferrell at all. And I would just like to put it out there that this is not a Will Ferrell movie. Like, it this is isn't that is... he produced and wrote and starred in it. Yeah. But it Besides not... that, the story arc is a Rachel McAdams film. Like, it is her story. This is not Lars's film. This is Secret's film. And, yes, there are some moments that are very Will Ferrell-y, and there are some jokes, and I'm like, okay. But... Like, it is nothing like anything I've ever seen before. Um, okay. Like, please give it a chance. Like, I I, I said before, like, Emma's seen it three times. I've also seen it three times because I forced my family to watch it for a, when we were had a brief moment together. And I was like, you're going to watch this. And my sister was like, okay, like, I gotta go to bed soon, but we'll see. <laughs> it's like, okay, we watched it. And then, like, a couple minutes in, they're like, okay, okay. And then, like, half hour in... Okay, I can see why you like this. By the end, they were so invested. Everyone was awake. Everyone was gasping and awing and, like, so, like, almost to tears excited about it. And I'm like, yes. It's, I was watching Thank clips you. of it before we started talking, and it still gives me goosebumps. And you are also way more successful than I am because I had convinced no one in my family to watch it. There are some family members who I understand will never watch it, and I've accepted that, but I'm also very disappointed in others when I was like, please, please just watch I'm so happy you watched it because there was a... It felt like an eternity. There was one week in my life. Not even a week. There was four days in my life when I had seen Eurovision and no one I knew had seen Eurovision. And I was like, yeah. please, please, can we talk about Eurovision? Please. 
<laughs> exactly. This is, see, this is why Netflix Party is so important. So I know. Because you can still get people to watch it and be like, let me share this with you. Because if you don't have that accountability and there's not someone being like, watch this and I'm here with you, then it doesn't happen. And so, I also like Netflix Party because then I, I, I'm also very furious for when I'm watching something with someone I've already seen it. I am like constantly checking for their reactions. Mm. which can pull someone out of the movie, but you couldn't see my face, so you know, like, emotionally, I was willing you to love it, but, so every time you texted or, like, messaged, you were like, oh my gosh! Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I listened to a podcast with Will Ferrell, he was talking about how, like, his, his wife is Swedish, right? Yes. Her name is Vivica Pauline. Yeah, and, like, he didn't really know anything about Eurovision, either, until, like, he met his wife and his family's his wife's family is so into it and it's like you were kind of saying that like you had a friend who's European that's like they don't they're aren't going to respect Eurovision but I think this film does such a good example of they didn't make fun of Eurovision it's, at all like it's it was so respectful like it's got oh my gosh I can't remember him but it's got one of the BBC announcers always always there Graham Norton is there like it's it's peep it's I feel like Will Ferrell does just viscerally understand the appeal of Eurovision. I think it definitely helps. I looked mm-hmm. this up. Like, the first time he watched it was in 99 when okay. Sweden won. So can you imagine oh. being with the Swedish family the year oh. they win? And then that was like 20 years ago. So he's just been building this love for yeah. two decades. Yeah, it is a comedy. Don't get me wrong. It's a joke. It's f- hilarious. But it's hilarious because these people are so passionate about Eurovision it's not Eurovision itself it's the love for it mm-hmm. and and you may look at it and see like oh it's so extravagant and everything but no actually look at actually Eurovision this is what it is I know it's big it's so power important. ballads and giant costumes and intense lighting like that is I'm gonna what have Eurovision to send you is. some of my favorite Eurovision songs after this um because okay. I had a couple favorites already and then I've been watching more since then and it's just so good um and so, like, with this, normally my whole thing is, like, I love understanding why movies were made. I I actually, I am also always have pages of notes. I didn't take any notes. Like, I watched Eurovision again last night, and I was like, I've seen it so many times. I've read a lot, but I don't actually have any notes. Um, but just, like, I just really like Will Ferrell. I think Will Ferrell's, like, seems like a pretty solid dude. Certainly not all of his movies, yeah. especially not, like, more of his recent movies, have hit for me. Like, I didn't watch Get Hard or The mm. Terrible Sherlock Holmes. But I really like him in lots of other things. Uh, in, when I was in... Uh, eighth grade. We're going way back. We're going way back when I was in eighth grade. Um, my math class was split between genders, and we got um what? Yeah, my math and uh, language arts classes were split. Uh, instead of homerooms, it was all boys and all girls, but just for those two classes, it was part of a pilot project. Um, hilariously, I am quoted in a newspaper article, not even our local newspaper, (laughs) newspaper article talking about how the boys just slow me down. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god, just imagine little Emma with your glasses and your curly hair being like, man. I also wore it in like a really unflattering low pony, had just gotten braces, and wore an extra large Ice Age fleece sweater every day. Yes, queen. Um, yes, I also wore a lot of blue eyeshadow. I still do that, but... (laughs) <laughs> when you're when you're 12, you shouldn't be illegally allowed to do that. Um, I was cute. Anyways, but the girls got way ahead of the boys in math class, and so our math teacher, I feel like I've told you this story before, our math teacher was like, okay, we're just going to watch movies for like a month. But he showed us Cinderella Man, boxing, Russell Crowe, we were really into it. 
I don't know why he picked that. So he decided the perfect follow-up to that was Million Dollar Baby, because we all like the boxing movie so much. That's a great thing to show to a class role of uh, grade 8 girls. Then, after the Million Dollar Baby cry fest, he rented Kicking and Screaming, which is a Will Ferrell soccer movie, which probably doesn't hold up. We did only watch that for a couple of weeks. Oh my god. It's probably not that many times. Like, we did watch it, I would say, like, at least four or five times. So I do just have a great emotional attachment to Will Ferrell, and I also really like Strangers, or not Strangers, Stranger Than Fiction, and Elf sometimes, depending on my mood, but like, I feel like Will Ferrell does have like this this sweetness that is not tapped into very often, because he is really good at zany physical mm. comedy. And then, for the past couple of years, like, I, I haven't seen a lot of him, and then I looked it up and he's been doing a lot of parody work. He wrote and starred in a Lifetime movie that was a parody of a Lifetime movie, but then it was actually produced and aired on Lifetime. Um, oh, wow. And then he also, like, produced and I think was, like, acting in a miniseries called The Spoils of Babylon that is a parody of, like, epic miniseries from the 70s and 80s. So he's been doing, I think, just a lot of stuff where he's like, I really like this thing that people don't respect. Mm. Like tawdry miniseries like Lifetime movies like Eurovision mm. and he's like but I'm going to show you how great it is and I'm not going to make fun of it I'm just going to do it very sincerely which I like yeah I've, I've, I haven't had a lot of experience with Will Ferrell besides Elf pretty much that's it like I'm not an SNL person I was um, forget he's on SNL and so pretty, yeah the only thing I've really seen him in is Elf which I watch yearly um, so that, like, sweetness, like, that's all I really know him as, that type of character. So when people, like, have this huge despise for him, I'm like, it's Buddy the Elf. What are you talking about? It's just Will Ferrell, guys. Like, come on. But to each their own. Um, and then Rachel McAdams, I am not the only person who has said this, but Rachel McAdams is very assuredly building herself a career as a comedy genius. Like, she's, it was also in Game Night a couple years ago. It's on Netflix. We went to Netflix party that. It's so funny. She's so yeah. funny in it. Well, she was, like, she was in Mean Girls. Like, that was yeah. one big thing that she was known for, right? And it takes a special person to play that. And, like, her, how diverse, like, she does that, and then she goes to The Notebook. Like, this Canadian year. superstar is... Also slings and arrows. Oh, she's just so good. She's so good. She's, and she's so, so great good. in this. Um, oh. But... I mean, I feel like people, ha a lot of people, like, this is not a, a have you heard of for a lot of people, because I feel like Eurovision came out, and we were all collectively so excited that there was just a new movie, <laughs> because yeah. movies haven't been coming yeah. out for so long, so I think a lot of people <laughs> watched it, and they also, like, ended up delaying the release a little bit, because there was, no, they were originally going to release it at the same time as the Eurovision Song Contest, which then got cancelled for the first time in history. And so I'm just very happy for all, like, the Eurovision fans that this came out this year of all years, where it's like, here, you still yeah. get to have your thing. And I don't know if we mentioned it, it's a Netflix original, so it was made to a be Netflix put on Netflix. Ridge. Yeah. yeah, do we want to get kind like, of actually into, like, talking about the movie? The plot, maybe? Like, I mean, we don't need to go, like, too detailed. Like, it's kind of hard for me to talk about a plot of a movie that is so new because I don't want to spoil intensely anything, but also, like, we've never really been, like, that worried that about discussion. spoilers, because if you want to see it, just see it. Um, um, but... In the immortal world, words of April Wolf, it's not what happens, it how it ha it's how it happens, so... That's true. Go watch Eurovision, yeah. and then come back and listen yeah. if you must, or just keep listening. Um, yeah, it's... So the, the general premise of it is... Um, Lars and Sigrid Eriksson 
uh, our two best friends who have grown up together. The movie begins in 1974 when Rachel McAdams in real life was negative four years old. She was born in 78. Um, but aside from yeah. that, um, and have spent their entire lives wanting to win the Icelandic Song Contest so they can go compete in Eurovision. And uh, through a series of unfortunate events, but not unfortunate for them, they get to go. And yes. it's just about their relationship, which is so sweet. I was so ready to be kind of put off by the age difference, which is still there in the back of my mind. But they have such good chemistry, not necessarily romantic, but just the people who clearly care about love and like most of all like being around each other you can tell their history with each other like you can they have inside jokes they have like this little saying they always say to each other like i'm checking you out you are there you are here i am i see like, you okay at next time i see you i'm so i'm checking you out it's gonna be me at the victoria I'm checking airport you out. when the double doors open <laughs> I'm checking you yes. out. Yes. Oh, one day. Um, yeah, you can just, you can tell that they've known each other for a while and that, like, they have arguments, but they know how to calm each other down, mostly. And <laughs> I also... <laughs> okay, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, Jenny, can you put in this clip? And it's when they do really badly at one performance and... Lars is crying and she goes up and yeah. she says, Lars, are you okay? And he says, Hi, I'm Lars. <laughs> yes, so good. <laughs> Lars. <laughs> Lars. Hey, I'm Lars. Yeah. Oh, Sigrid. Hi. Hi. I ruined it for both of us. I actually had that written down as a quote that I thought was one of the most Hi, hilarious I'm things Lars. ever. Cause, do you ever just get so emotional you have no idea what's happening and someone's like, hello, and you just try to put it together like, Oh yes, I am Lars. <laughs> like, no. That's me. Oh my god. And also, I didn't realize until I was watching like a YouTube video of them filming when the, the joke of their last names. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's son and then Eric's daughter. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, it's like, okay, so this movie is also over two hours long. Just a little bit. It's like two hours and three minutes long. And yeah. there are, de- like, I feel like if I were to cut anything, it'd be the recurring joke of if they don't know if they're related or not. And by the end of the movie, they, like, implied they're probably not related, but you still don't know for sure. <laughs> I'm, pr- well, like, I'm pretty end, sure. Like, his, the, yeah, his mother's never, like, Secret's mother has never really given her the time of day, given... Lars's, Lars's dad. father at the time of day. The thing so is, it's like, having this, so like it opens and it's like, oh, haha, they have like kind of the same last names because that's how Icelandic last names work. But also, it wouldn't be Eric's daughter. It would be I don't remember what her mother's name is, but like Olga's daughter or something. Anyways, mm. anyways, Icelandic naming conventions. Uh, but they also have like a weird line where they're like, Eric, whatever his last name is, you fathered half the children in this town. And I was like, why do we need this plot detail? That's probably the only thing I would cut. Um, but it's just still... Yeah. And they always do a thing. It's like, oh, are you two sisters? And then... She says no. Secret's like, no. And then Lars is like, probably not. And then Secret's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> um, but I just love this movie. Like, before we get into the actual Eurovision part of it, I love... Civic. They're real. It's a real town. I love their hometown. It captures small town life so perfectly, truly, of 
everyone knows everyone. There yeah. is nothing embarrassing you can do in childhood that won't be remembered by someone else as an adult. Yeah. Um, and it's so good. I also love Secret. Like, they have this recurring joke that I didn't even know about it, where she's just, she always walks up to him with two cups and is like, they're both for me. And it's like, she does it with coffee. She does it, yeah. like, someone's passing with her shots. a drink and she just takes theirs. She takes both shots. She takes both wine. I just love that Secret's commitment to double fisting. She, she goes, both for me? And you're like, yes. yes. And at first I thought she was joking. She's like, oh, both for me. And then we give him one. No, she's just like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, both me and Emma grew up in fairly small towns. <laughs> so we like picked that up the several other times I mentioned it. <laughs> and that feeling of like going anywhere, like you'll know anyone, you'll know, you know, everyone, you'll see someone like even now when I go back to my hometown, like I, who am I going to run into this time? Like, there's going to be someone that I see, but I it's it. also that comfortableness of, like, this is my, my this is my town. Like, no one can make fun of my own, my own town except for except me. Except for me. I, <laughs> yeah. And there's, like, that one guy who is, uh, in my head, is, like, an all-star, is the very angry guy who his only joy in his life is to see Fire Saga, which is Larson Secret's band, um, play the song Yaya Ding Dong, and he is, like, my Patronus. He is very much like me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I I love also... We're gonna jump all over the place, because, like, this movie is just... There's so many plot lines happening, and it's so delightful, and some of them, like, kind of get forgotten and then come back later, and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot this was a thing, but, like, I love Yaya Ding Dong Man. I love the song Yaya Ding Dong. Uh, I'm still very much in a romantic mood also, and so when I get Mm. married, they will be playing Yaya Ding Dong at my wedding. Um... (laughs) Like, you have to hold me to that, because I'm going to forget, as the oh, yeah. years go by, I'm going to forget how important this song is to me, and then I'm, you're responsible for making sure it gets on the playlist. Um, Dude, I we will uh, still be the person that goes up to the DJs, like, play this song! And they'll be like, what? I'm like, play it! God, I know, anytime we ever went to a club, the DJs were always like, stop! We already played it! And I'm like, play it again! <laughs> um, we're the only ones in this club, because it's so early, and we don't like crowds, but we want to dance, so... Um... <laughs> Real life of the party over here. Um, I love how begrudgingly they do play Yaya Ding Dong, like the first time you see them play it, and then when you see them play it at the end of the film, they're having so much fun, you're just like, oh, these characters got what they wanted, and are really happy where they're there. Because at first they're like, we have to play Yaya Ding Dong, and by the end they're like, the song is still ridiculous and terrible, but we love it. And I'm like, yes, as you should, play play Yaya Ding Dong. Yaya Ding Dong. Like, if I were to, like, theme it in a way, like, it's it's about dreamers, but it's also about pride in yourself and in your country, and it's also about speaking your own truth. Like, it, ha- it covers so much topics that makes my heart go like, yes, yes. Um, okay, <laughs> I feel like, the, instead of trying to go through the plot, I'm gonna just kind of go through, like, segments, because there are definitely some things I want to talk about, and... Okay. Dedicated instead of trying to overplot. I want to just give some dedicated time to my man. He's not my man. I do not own him, but I do love him. To my man, Dan Stevens. Yes. I, fun fact about me, 
adore Dan Stevens. I yes. watched Danton Abbey. I actually did stop watching before he left because my family would watch it as it was originally airing. Uh, my parents would. And then I was always in university. And so then they would buy it on Blu-ray like the week before I came back from school so that I could come back from university and binge watch it. And then we could all talk about it. And so I watched the first two seasons and we're like, yes, I love this show. I love Matthew Crowley. I love Sybil. I love everything. And then the third season happened and they were like, Emma, we did buy it, but I don't think you should watch it. And I never have. <laughs> I did oh. watch I did watch Yeah, so I've only ever seen the first two seasons of Downton and then also the movie. Mm. But I'm pleased for it because it meant that Dan Stevens, who is such a talented and versatile actor, got to spread his wings. He then, like... And I have, like, loosely followed his career ever since he left, because he was also in The Last Night of the Museum movie. He plays Lancelot. He's very charming. Uh, um, and then he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, and I think should have been an Oscar-nominated role. He is the titular guest in The Guest, um, which okay. is a suspense. It's, a, it's, it's that. I, I talk to Jenny a lot about the suspense movie that makes me just, like, really sweaty, um, <laughs> because Dan Stevens is extremely <laughs> beautiful in it. Um, but that movie would absolutely crumble. If it was not, if it, there was a less charismatic performer in the role, and I think also because that was the first thing a lot of people had seen him in since Downton, mm-hmm. it's such a shock to the system, and he's so 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 good. And then he's also done like just a lot of indie movies. He was the Beast and Beauty and the Beast, whatever. Um, and then he plays in this Alexander Lemtov, the Russian Eurovision competitor and favorite yes. to win, and he is so funny in this. Yes, he. It he's funny in a way that like contradicts everything. Like I this movie like was... you think one thing and then he says something else and you're like oh it's like oh like did anything happen no I'm a gentleman you're like I oh. know like this movie oh, okay is again like that that underlying current of sweetness that Will Ferrell wrote in so sweet so sweetly is that I really you meet Lemtov and he's very full of himself but like. He's also very talented. Why shouldn't he be full of himself? He's very smarmy, mm. but, like, also just knows that he's very charming and charismatic. And you, he, like, invites the Larson Secret to a party at his mansion. And you keep expecting him to, like, try to break them up. But he's never he's never trying to break them up. He does invite Secret to sing with them. But that's because he genuinely thinks she's really talented. And is like, you mm. obviously love singing. Do you want to do it with me instead? And, like, you keep... Ex- I kept expecting him to be the villain. And then the mm. moment you realize he's that's not where they're going with this is such a relief. Yeah. And he does it yes. so well. Right? Like, it's not, like you said, it's not breaking up. It's more of he saw the potential in Secret and could see... But she's not happy with how her and Lars are right now. Yes. And I kept thinking, like, even when I watched it with my family, like, oh, God, oh, no, what are they doing? And they're trying to break him up. I'm like, no, he just actually, like, is impressed by her. Likes and respects her. <laughs> Yeah, she's exactly. Um, and I like that, too, like, we're, okay, I was like, this is the Dan Stevens five minutes, and now we're taking away, but, like, I also like with Lars and Secret about how, um, like, we talked earlier, like, they have this great chemistry of the people who like being together and working together, and, um, she really wants a romantic relationship, and he also really likes her, but it's like, we can't because of the music, and so they, they do a good job of showing, like, she cares about him, they care about each other, they love working together, but that doesn't mean she's not allowed to have different aspirations, she, she's not allowed to say what she wants in life and she does and you're it's very thrilling to see she'd be like and then he apologizes and she's like okay but we still need to talk about this like we still need to i don't want us to use this mix of the song and i don't want us to do that like she's very there is a moment when um kind of talking about like dan stevens character with like alexander 
and they're like blowing up on stage. She's like, well, at least he sees me. And then Lars is like, what do you mean? I see you every day. And she's like, no, you don't. You don't truly see me. And everyone around them is like, oh God. But it's so good. And like the part that really sells it for me for Blemchon's for, um, many scenes and is when she's in the, the green room after the, her performance and she's really worried about how she did and she thinks she's not going to make it to the next round. He just comes and sits next to him and is like, no, I'll hold... And he just holds her hand and then, like, yeah. it's just such a good supportive friend moment where I was like, oh my god, he's not... They're not doing a heel turn. He just is a person yeah. who's kind of annoying sometimes, as all human beings are wont to do. He's he's not taking advantage of this situation. He sees that she is sad and is like, I'm going to sit here with you. I love Dan Stevens. He's so handsome. He winks into the camera at one point, and I did just, like, rewind it a bunch of times and, like, cry a little bit <laughs> last night. Like, I'm, I'm, I legitimately shed a single tear. What, one thing I would say is... <gasps> I wasn't a fan of the singing of his character. Like it's so it was very putting for me. <laughs> it was like compared to everything else, it was like this operatic but also pop and it just did not work for me. I know at all. And like but... it's so jarring, but now I've listened to it so many times that I love it. And their plan was originally so what they ended up doing with with Rachel McAdams character is that she recorded the vocals and they had a professional Swedish singer sing it as well and they layer in the voices together. So you get this mm. combined effect where it seems like it's Rachel McAdams singing, but you also have the power back her up and they were going to do that with dan stevens who is a singer like he did sing in beauty and the beast but not to yes. that and then they just didn't get the chance to because pandemic so it's mm-hmm. just this opera singer so it's like really intense yes it's so that was one thing with dan stevens character i was like this is i don't see the connection why why would he win this like i'm not i'm not a huge opera fan so i'm like mm, i don't know um like the way Eurovision works, like he doesn't have to perform as much because I don't, you kind of explain the rules to me. Like only some countries have to do semis. I also thought, so the way Eurovision works is there's two nights of semifinals. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Lars and Secret compete in the second night. And originally I thought Russia was one of the big five. So the way it works is there's like a big five uh, countries that are like the main financial backers for Eurovision. And also I think the country who had won the previous year automatically make it to the grand finale. And then you also get mm. 10 competitors from each night of semifinals. Ah. Mm-hmm. It's busy. busy. It's, it's, it's a whole event. It is a huge thing that happens. <laughs> and then like countries can devote... But you can't vote for your own country. But then it could be really political, apparently, you were telling me. Neil Point. Like, yeah. <laughs> Neil Point for England. Nobody, everybody <laughs> hates the UK. As long as everybody. She's very good, but everyone hates UK, so. She's not <laughs> Yeah, Lemtoff is, he also, he also has an arc that's kind of nice. That, I was like, going to, may as well talk about it. May as well do this now. Yeah. Um, do you want to? Oh, um. Like, he has these statues, and he's, like, kind of, like, full of himself and stuff. And, and very they... flirtatious with literally everyone he meets. Yes. And then they have, like, some offhand comments sometimes of, oh, yeah, he's always just surrounded by men all the time. Like, who just, sur- like, walks around with a group of guys? And he's, like, really good friends with Kevin Swain, who is the, like, artistic director between behind Larson Secret's performance. Yes. And right before the fi- finale, so after his performance, <laughs> Secret's, like are you gay? And he's like, nope, nope, no, no single gay man in Russia. That is a scientific fact there. And she's like, statistically speaking. Statistically, I think that's impossible. 
And she's like, maybe like non-binary. She's like, no, no, he, he, him. That, that's me. It's like, uh, okay. And you can like, they kind of just like leave it at that. And then it calls on. And then near the end, um, there's, what is the girl from Greece? Mita. I love Mita so much. And Mita goes up and she's like, you deserve to be happy too. And he's like, mother Russia doesn't agree. And that line has so much power in it that, like, they don't need to explain it even more. Like, you know what's going on. And it's just one of those things where it's, like, on one hand, it feels like almost like a a dated storyline to just, like, kind of Mm. drop it in last minute that this one character is gay. But, like, Dan Stevens, again, is so good. And the way Sigrid approaches it is so sweet. She's kind of figuring things out. And he asks, and she's, like, knows that he's not telling her the truth. And so she's, like okay and like they have they also have like a kind of constant line where she's like oh like are you non-binary and i'm like but like but it and it but it is just like that very genuine like awkward conversation of like you can tell me you don't have to yeah but you can tell it's again like the moment where you realize oh they're gonna stay friends they're gonna be friends like he supports her and yes. she's looking out for him and she's like okay and like she doesn't make him tell her anything and then he's got mita who already knows and it's just i love mita zanakis <laughs> Lamtoff is like, I can give her everything. I can give her, like, I music. Can I can give her this. I can give her free Wi-Fi in every room. And I'm like, yes, he knows. I was like, oh, God, he understands. And then Mita's like, you can't give her everything. And it's like, <sighs> yeah, that's true. It's, just, it's nice. It's nice. Um, not, not, not nice if he's unhappy, but, like, it's just... It's just a good performance. Dan Stevens is so... Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about all my favorite performances of his, and I was like kind of realizing earlier today i was like oh dip like you're very you're very talented sir uh he's just building himself a really nice career as a character actor and i really enjoy it and so that's that's the dan stevens corner yes. um but like the overall premise of of it is that larson's secret basically accidentally get the chance to compete in eurovision after literally everyone else in the icelandic competition is killed in a horrific boat accident yeah. okay also, this movie is just a 2020 mood of, first, uh, just the general feeling of when you are barely holding it together, and then this year it's like, what if we just throw in some things that have nothing to do with your actual life, but are going to make everything around you infinitely more difficult? And Lars is like, I can take this, I can take maybe this much shit, and it's just <laughs> this much. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes. And then he yells, and then a glacier, like, falls apart, and he's like, shit! <laughs> oh. And then also, when the boat explodes, and sweet Katiana, the winner of the Icelandic Song Contest originally, arm lands in front of them. Demi yeah. Lovato. I know. Jenny's like, oh, this is just like Camp Rock. And I was like, hmm, just you wait. <laughs> just <laughs> just you wait. Um, but also, a very relatable mood uh, is every time I have had any kind of personal victory this year, I feel so bad telling people, because I'm like, everyone else is experiencing great personal, professional, political strife, and I actually have had, like, a modicum of <laughs> professional success. Yeah. And so, when they're both like, oh, it is a great tragedy, and just pumping their fists, yeah. that's me. I'm either yeah. the person who can take only this much shit, or the person <laughs> pumping her fists. <laughs> Well, everyone uh, around her is on fire. I just want to take a moment to just appreciate Secret's wardrobe and aesthetic that she has. Like, the long, oh blonde, God. like, curly hair, but sometimes in, like, these buns and, like, braids. And then she has these giant coats. It's very, like, Nordic and um, cozy. Beautiful. And, like, when she's at the the dance party at 
she is like wearing like this disco ball, like colorful scaly dress. I'm like, I want that dress so bad. Like, oh. I love also is like, so you have Lars who is being a little bit, I don't want to say controlling, but very like commanding. And he's very like, I write all the songs. I mm. do all the costumes. I decide how they perform. And you can see Secret getting more increasingly frustrated. And so like the first time, First couple times we see them perform, she's got, I know she's got straight hair and big false eyelashes. And so, like, every time you see her not performing, she's got these very intricate braids and buns. Yeah. And then when she's performing with Lars, she's got really straight hair. And then at the end of the movie, when it's finally her time to shine, that's when she's got her braids in. I was like, mm. that's my girl. Yes. And there's a big premise going on of, like, everyone thinks, like, she's being held back by him all the time. And, and, but no one's actually stopped to ask her what she wants. They're like, you shouldn't be with Lars, you do this. But she loves Lars. And, like, you could be a big star. Well, she doesn't want to be a big star. She wants to do music and be with Lars. But no one's stopped to ask her what she wants to do. <laughs> That's such a good point. Because, yeah, the whole thing is everyone, including her mother, and everyone else in Husevik is like, you should be doing this. And Lemtov is like, you could have conquered the world. You have an incredible voice. And she does, but I also just as someone who, like we've talked about before, is increasingly like, at what what point uh, is suffering for my art worth it? It's just like, she's mm. like, no, I love singing, but I just want to do it for fun. I don't need to do it for money. I just love to sing. And so to have her be like, I like being with Lars because he encourages me. And she has a quote. She has a couple of quotes when she says, like, music is not a contest. And also, mm-hmm. I am more than this contest, and I am an oh. artist. And it's like, yes, you oh, are. And I think, like, this, like I said, this is, in for my opinion, this is not a about. This is not a Lars movie. This is a secret movie. This is her development of, yes, this is what she wants in the world. She wants to follow Lars, but also she's learning that yes, you can be super excited and passionate about something that someone likes because they like it. Because that's something I go through too. I really enjoy things that other people like. But at the same time, she starts to realize that she's being dragged towards something to an extent that is not beneficial to her anymore and that she needs to learn to speak for herself and actually be like, this is my story. Like, yes, this is something that he wants and that brings me joy, but it's going to an extent that's against eventually what I want to do and her development of standing up for herself is like yes 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 yes, yes. it's so good it's so good um and then i think like we haven't really talked a lot about the plot but i think if we talk about the songs and that'll fill in some of the gaps i okay. love the music in this movie so much i love the yeah. production of it um and my like i said i did do a ton of research my one fun fact is apparently the first time will ferrell listened to volcano man he just started crying <laughs> uh, wait, I can't remember, oh god, now I can't remember if it was Volcano Man or Double Trouble. I think it was Volcano Man, where he just started crying, and then had, like, started laughing, and everyone was like, oh, he's crying with laughter, and then in this interview, he's like, I wasn't, I was crying because I was so happy, and it was so perfect, but I was embarrassed, so I started laughing to make it look like that's why I was crying. Oh, I, like, every single song that happened, like, I was like, this is a bop, oh no, this is also a bop, oh this is great. This is such a good song. Oh no, I like it so much. Oh no, no, it is for Double Trouble. It is for Double okay. Trouble where he just started crying because he's like, this is exactly what I wanted. This is oh. Eurovision. Oh. Yeah, so they, Double Trouble is a song that they move forward with to be like their Eurovision song in their song contest. Like originally they have to win the Icelandic one first. So that's this, um, they have to go to that competition. And... 
Um, then they also perform it for Eurovision and they change it a little bit and it's such a fun song. Like, especially like during the chorus and then um Secret does this like high note, like continues going on. Every time she hits it, and I was like, Yes. It's like ah I'm it I'm like, yes, yes, keep going, keep going. realize what a great song it is because every time they try to perform it it goes terribly yes and so then when you actually listen on the soundtrack there's a there's also like a disco remix that they did and i'm just like oh my gosh the next time i go to the proverbial club i'm gonna after Gigant ding dong i'm gonna be like okay i know you're gonna play Gigant ding dong now play double trouble yes yeah that's why i was the like my marianne remix <laughs> yeah i was like anytime i'm like you gotta listen to the song but don't listen to it just in the movie you have to actually listen to it on the soundtrack because it's the full song because <laughs> it yes it always gets interrupted um, and they also have a mashup, and I'm a sucker for a mashup. <gasps> okay, like, this has been talked to death about by anyone who's reviewed this movie, but they, it is, it is what the, the riff-offs in Pitch Perfect always wanted to be, or you could argue that, like, the riff-offs walked so the song-along could run, but this is, I talked about before, like, this movie's quite long, and so you get, like, this comes, like, 40 minutes into the movie, and it is exhilarating. Uh, they are at Lemtov's party, and the director of this movie has not done a ton. He did, like, Wedding Crashers and Shanghai Nights, and the way he directs the sequence, I'm like, you're a genius, you're an auteur. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love the song along. Like, it is, like, there's, there's literally no reason, really, plot-wise, for it to be in the movie. It's just a moment of their, like, you know we respect Eurovision, because, look, we're going to bring out... Alexander Rybik, my first Eurovision love, Conchita Wurst, like Eurovision icon, Netta, who was also uh, a, the winner from Israel, which was kind of a big deal, because mm -hmm. it was like the first year Israel had competed in Eurovision, um, and like Lorene, and all of these wonderful Eurovision names singing. I, I can't even go into how beautifully woven together this pop remix is, but like it is a power pop yes. masterpiece. And as someone who has never seen Eurovision, I don't know who any of these people are. Um, it was still so much fun. Like, I just, the camera <sighs> is swinging and it does like this, like, it always does whenever it, like, it swings around to the next person and does this little, like, shake, like it was whipping fast and I had to whip back really quickly and it's just like, you just are falling yes. through this huge house and it just, as someone who's been cooped up in my apartment for so long, it felt delightful to be go through this huge space where people are flipping on trampolines and there's fireworks and uh. dancing and everyone is so exhilarated. Oh my god, it made me feel such love towards humanity. <laughs> I know, I don't even like like really going out before the pandemic, but this just really made me want to go to like a party and just like a fancy party and just have some drinks and just dance around and people are having the best time. And uh, I love a good cameo, even though I didn't know who they were. I could You, you can tell the way something is being you filmed. You can tell that they're cameos. <laughs> they're cameos. Um, yeah, that... It's, such, it's so much fun. And the song along is incredible. One thing I will say, I couldn't find it because the album pretty much has like all of the songs that they had like little clips of it. Like they had the full versions mm -hmm. on the soundtrack, except for they don't have the full versions of the songs from the Nordic 
competition from the Icelandic song contest. I know. Yes. Sad. And I want to hear that little dreamy folk ballad. I want the Viking guy. So oh I was my god, like, I forgot about the Viking guy. Yeah. Ah. Uh, anywho. But, I know, because they have Running with the Wolves, and I'm like, that's not what I want. <laughs> no, I didn't need that in my life. Uh, with the wolves. Um, so in this film, there is a journey that specifically Fire Saga is going through. But there's also kind of a journey that their hometown is going through at the same time. Because it's this town that thinks of them as a joke. And they don't want to watch it. And there's, like, one guy that's like, come on, let's put him on TV. Like, this is our town. Like, they're there. We're going to we watch it. earlier where it's like, we can make fun of them. But, like, there's also the scene where they're playing like a ding-dong. And the very angry man is like, of course I'm going to go. There's nothing else to do in this stupid town. And, like, in my hometown, there is one bar with the one local bar band that yeah. everyone goes to. Because that's, like, the thing to do. You dance until 2 a.m. Yes. And... Yeah, like, it's 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 very much the, listen, we may be small, we may be slightly terrible, but only we're allowed to say that. Exactly. And, like, there's a scene when, like, when the band first leaves, and no one's there for Lars, but, like, Sigrid is a teacher, so her students are there, and some of her friends are there, and it's, like, a really small gathering. But by the end, when they come back, it's, like... A crowd of people cheering their name. Oh it gives me goosebumps. <sighs> it's like they left as outsiders and then they came back as heroes. And I'm like, oh, I love that arc. <laughs> they came back as, like, family. Yeah. And, and you have to have pride in your town. You have to have pride in your country and yourself, most importantly. Like, I get that, like, when the Olympics happen. Like, I, I, I understand, like, patriotism can be very harmful and can be very not great and people don't look at their own country with problems when they should canada like canada every time the olympics happen man i am so ready for any sport i am so patriotic i'm so excited i get so into it and i think it's because because we don't really have anything like we don't we're not part of like eurovision we don't really have a lot of things that are like country-based But, like, I competed in the BC Summer Games when I was a teen. So I was competing for Vancouver Island. And I didn't know that. Fancy. Oh, shot put. Shot put. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's both. Um, I'm both. (laughs) And there's just something about, like, the community that it brings of... Sports is quite a is quite a large thing in Canada culture anyway. Like, especially, like, with hockey and stuff. And that's very, like individualized like towns or cities or provinces but when it's like we can all root together of like the brave north and we're like yeah we we can be seen and on the global stage of like look at all our accomplishments every time we're like this person's canadian we're like yes we're so excited about it and Eurovision is like that to an extreme i recently learned that emerald from shadowhunters in the ferris bueller read was born in montreal she's like i only should identify as a canadian which was born in montreal and i was like yes it's like like when I was watching like I watched Shit's Creek and I'm like yes this is Canadian I love it Justin Milligan, I love you <laughs> and like that appreciation for your hometown really shines through in the last song that's performed and oh it's there's also just like you see also the song committee before we get into Hugh Civic the song which I might oh, before we get into that yeah um 
uh, like, just more of what Jenny says is like you do like the, you have the village that gets an arc and also like the Icelandic song committee that gets an arc of like they really want Iceland to do well Iceland's never won Eurovision yeah. um, and and their one banker representative does make the very fair point of like it's so expensive you guys because you have to yeah. build a whole new stadium you have that's to, like you the have Olympics to build a right new venue yeah yeah and they're like and Iceland did just come back from the brink of financial ruin and they're just like mm, the bank or whatever which and so you just have this whole plotline of this country that's like very much juggling the like we can't do this but we need to do this because yes. we want people to see us and like we talk about how like Eurovision people don't really know what it is outside of Europe but it's also like even Iceland is like people don't really know us outside of Iceland on a European scale mm-hmm. but that also leads into my I think true favorite plotline of this movie the elves <laughs> Yes! The elves! <laughs> uh, anything anything involves elves, I am all for it. Any, like, I mythical, just... like, beliefs, I'm like, yes, you own it. I almost peed laughing last night. And it's just, like, I've seen it so many times at this point. And Secret repeatedly is, like, very into, like, Icelandic culture. And I did read an article that was, like, Icelandic people react to uh, Eurovision. And no one was upset by the elves. They were like, this is hilarious. This is so good. Yeah. Just, like, see, just, like, praying praying, I guess, to the elves and leaving them little gifts. It's so good. And it's just, like, the amount of times which, like, the elves have gone too far this time! And it's like, oh, no! We think the elves must hate us. Um, It reminded me a lot of, like... The the disastrous semi-finals performance is so good. Continue. It reminds me of, um, like, in... Well, and, like, in Frozen with the trolls, but, like, when we went to, like, Epcot in Norway, and they have, like, the giant stuff with trolls everywhere, and you can, like, pose with the troll. It's oh. like, yes. Take me back. The plotline with the elves is, like, Lars doesn't I, I don't even them. think, like, if you've seen it, it's good. If you haven't seen it, maybe this is, like, one thing we shouldn't spoil, because trying to explain it, it takes away all of the funniness. I'm the one who brought it up, and now I'm like... Yeah. Let's just say, like, Secret really is into the elves, and believes in the elves, and Lars does not. That's all Which is also say. just so funny, is, like, you have Lars, who is, like, super enthusiastic about everything, and then he draws the line, apparently, at elves. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> no. The elves will hear you. Oh my god, it's so good. It's just... <sighs> yes, so elves. There's elves, guys. Oh my Go god, that's it. so good. Um, but then we get like we talk about hometown love and that Jenny Jenny and I are chatting and we're watching this and the whole time like she's reacting positively, which made me very happy. And I like one thing I really liked is when you see like in the BMW Secret is leading leaving offerings for the elves and like is like please it would be great if we could win the Eurovision Song Contest and also maybe have a baby and you realize <laughs> oh and then Jenny just remembers you typed you're like oh she really likes him and I like that moment because you'd been talking about how cute yeah. they were and then you're like oh she really likes him like yeah it's nice. and then their final song happens and. It's it's just a, it's like a fairy tale. It's like she talks about Lars, you don't see me, and he finally does and realizes that by always making sure his voice is heard, he hasn't been listening to anything she says, and she gets to finally yeah. sing her song, even though it will disqualify them. And they sing in Icelandic, which is a huge deal for Eurovision. You don't sing in languages that aren't English. Yeah, it's a and huge deal. You see, like the committee, like like, gasping and, like, closing their... She's singing uh, Icelandic. Yeah, they're just so... And they're, like, gorgeous! And I just love it. And it's... 
like, and the they, waiter in the ba- there's a waiter in the background, and even he like it's really cute. He's serving the song committee, and then he puts down his tray as soon as he starts singing, and it's just like watching. And I didn't even notice him until last night. And it's just this guy, like a tiny corner of the frame, and you see him like as serving people, and then realize what's like she's singing Icelandic and stop, and just you see his face, yeah, go radiant. Oh, it's because it's so it's good. been in, like one of the plot points was like they wanted to get the spark note. It's like your truest expression of oneself, and there people are always telling secret like you gotta like get to that point. You gotta sing this song. You gotta like speak yourself. But she hasn't been because she has been following someone else's dream because her dream was them, but not realizing what she wanted. And like him, like she's been like, oh, if I just sing in Icelandic, I know I'd be more comfortable. And it's like, no, you can't do that. It'll be fine. And then she's writing this song, and then. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a BTS quote, actually. Um, so <laughs> there's a thing when it's like, I'm like, you gotta like speak yourself. And there's a, when BTS in 2018, um, they spoke at the, at the UN. And there's one quote that they said that was, no matter who you are, where you're from, your skin color, your gender identity, just speak yourself. Find your name and find your voice by speaking yourself. And I'm like, Yes, she That's finally. What this note is. Exactly, that is what that note is. Speaking who you are, you're finally being your authentic self and letting. Oh like God. music is so powerful, man, and just, oh. Like it's just it's the, uh, all I needed was to get away to realize that I was meant to stay and like yeah. oh my like I'm talking in this talking to you about movies makes me realize how much affection I have towards my hometown and like my parents are planning to retire and move away and I kind of had this moment of I was like oh if everyone in my family moves away from my hometown am I ever gonna go back there like I have yeah. a couple of friends who still live there and there's things that I like but I'm like there's no kind of reason to if my family's not there and it's very emotional for me and it's like when I moved out of out of my hometown it was very much like I didn't have that moment of to realize I was meant to stay but it was the moment of realizing how much that place had made me who I was mm-hmm. um and my desire to get away doesn't change that. Yeah. Um, and then when she sings in Icelandic, and I had to look up the translation, and all it is is, all I long for is to be with you in Husavik by, uh, by Skjalfanda, which is the bay near Husavik. I took it up. So, like, all I long for is to be with you in Husavik. And it's just really nice. If it's, you realize all she wants is, like, she wants this person I care about, I want to sing for fun, and I want to be in beautiful Husavik. Yeah. Husavik, I'm saying it. I'm so sorry, anyone from Iceland. <laughs> But yeah, it's exactly, it's what she wants. Yeah, she could be a huge star. She could do all these things. But what she wants is just to be home. I I remember when I was watching, I typed it. I was like, this reminds me of Yellowknife. And you're like, I know, right? I know. Like, as I said, it's like that we, 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 we were chatting the whole movie and we didn't really chat during the song. And like, I'm from Yellowknife and not similar to Iceland aside from the fact that like it is northern and we do have really good northern lights but like when she's singing about the northern lights and how beautiful it is and how much it means to her and we didn't type for the whole song and then Jenny was just like oh it's like she's singing about Yellowknife and it just felt me I I felt uh, the song made me feel great affection towards humanity and this made me feel a great deal of affection towards you because you knew immediately like in ways I couldn't even articulate why it was so important for you to watch it because it was just how I feel about Yellowknife and how I feel about my hometown. Like, it really just... You you saw me. And it made me really... I see you. <laughs> I'm checking you out. <laughs> I'm checking um, you out. Uh, 
And it's just such a good moment of Lars also realizing what he wants. This is the whole reason he's wanted to be the year, do the Eurovision Song Contest is so that he can be taken seriously. And he realizes, oh, the Secret's been taking me seriously this whole time. And mm-hmm. what do I like aside from that? Oh, I like spending time with her. Right? And, like, in the very first song they do is Volcano Man in the beginning. And, like, it looks like this big, like, extravagant music video. But it turns out they're just, like, in their basements. And, like, for Secret, like, that's all she needs. Like... She's just just in that basement, and that's all. She feels that good just performing with him. Exactly. I feel right now with you. Oh, I love you so much. We're disgusting. I love you so much. (laughs) Um, Like, there's so much plot, and it's in this inspired. Like, and we're not even talking about jokes. Like, telling telling people jokes isn't funny, but like, truly, this movie is so long. But I watch it, and I laughed. I've laughed out loud multiple times. And like, normally, I, I laugh heartily the first time I see something. I don't really laugh. The rest of the times, so no, it's mm. it's so ridiculous and funny, and I can totally understand why they left it at two hours because you'd just be like, oh, but this joke's really good. Oh, but this joke's really good, yeah. and like it, it also was very good. And then like a lot of the things aren't really relevant to a story, but they do help round out the characters. Yes, really I agree. nicely. Yeah, like if you took out anything, then like the side characters wouldn't be as important, or like you wouldn't really understand the persons as a, the people as a whole like when secrets like making an angry sweater like you don't need her to be making an angry sweater but it's great or like when will ferrell is like talking to himself into the like and then he americans come and he makes fun of americans like that's just hilarious I'm like, like will ferrell's working through some things here <laughs> exactly it was so yeah and like yeah it was a long movie but i i felt like to be able to see their journey was important and every aspect was important and I, too, laughed. I also, same parts, cried every time. Like, I went through so many emotions. Like, Husevik just makes all of the hairs on my arm stand up. What I usually cry is when she's in the artist, when they're having that, like, argument um, after the semifinals. And she's like, I'm going to go in there because I, I, I am an artist. This and is she, not like, all that I am. Yes, and she goes back in there and she takes, she's like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to take it. And it's like, yes. Oh, she's such a strong woman. Oh, she's the she's best. She's so good. I love also, back to Lamtov, when she hits the Spjork note in hometown in Husevik, and his face is just, oh. And it is just, again, yeah. like, they just, like, think that they're both so great. And I, I, I love the two of them. And I just love, like, the fairy tale filming of this movie of, it like transcends your original ridiculousness at some point and just becomes like when you picture your life like it were a movie that's what this movie is yeah it's like the set and costume and design it's very magical it kind of you mentioned to me before it's kind of like the greatest showman ish like mm-hmm. that mythical it's very like, very never enough vibes i find yeah and it's also like a musical and also has that like good feeling at the end it's like character development and Maybe the critics don't like it, but the fans like it. Like, it has so much relationship. Any to it. critic who gave this a bad review, find joy in your heart, you joyless <laughs> cretin. It's good. It is a good film. It's just a good time. We've been talking about it for a while, and like, it's just really good. Like, I'm probably going to listen to this episode again just because I like thinking about Eurovision. I just like thinking <laughs> about it and talking about it and watching it and then listening to yeah. the songs. 
And I, like, truly, when I, like, talked about it earlier, and when I texted Jenny, I was like, this isn't for discussion. It's just because I need someone else to watch this movie. And then I was kind of humming and hawing about what to pick for my week, and she was like, let's just do Eurovision. And I was like, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> let's just do it. Like, this is something... Like, um, I might get really wild and watch it again tonight. Do it. I might also watch Night at the Museum 3. I think I'm also going to watch oh. The Guest on the weekend because my roommate's really into psychological thrillers and I think that's oh. the right... She's She'll be the first person I successfully make watch The Guest if I succeed in it. But I think I might I'm watch pretty, Eurovision again tonight. It is a feel-good movie and it is funny, it is emotional, it is impactful. The topics I talk about can be so touching. It can be, anyone can relate to what these people are going through in some sort of situation. And... It's just a good time. It also has one of my favorite things ever, which is a baby wearing headphones. Oh my god, it's one of my yes. Favorite things ever. It's like, this is the this is a core reason of why I go to folk festivals in an ordinary summer, so I can see babies wearing big baby headphones. And like a non-creepy way, just in a way that I'm like, that baby's taking good care of its hearing. I should do that too, probably. Look at that baby. Or you could be like a cool Jenny and have to wear giant headphones even when you're an older child, because you just have so many ear problems that... You really want to go see Lord of the Rings 3, but theaters are too loud for you, so you wear giant headphones. You're so cute. <sighs> yeah. That's Eurovision, folks. It's great. It's amazing. Oh, first, some people watch Eurovision to cope. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot about Star Trek. So, 100%, this is no-brainer for me that this is gonna be your first five stars. Oh my god. Five out of five stars. That's so exciting. I hoped. I dared to dream. I dared to dream. It just, the fact that I've watched it three times in the span of like two weeks, I force my family to watch it. I'm listening to the soundtrack. I think about it constantly. I think about the deeper meaning of things and it just makes me feel good when I watch it. it. It's good. It is, guys, what are you doing with your life? Watch this movie. Come on. Like, what, <laughs> what else are you, you going to watch? What else are you going to watch right now? Come on. <sighs> so good. I thought I made it clear. Do I have to see it? It was always there. We just didn't see it. All on me is you and me and my home. Um, and then I have a little fun question for you as, like, our closing discussion point. And I was kind of thinking about movies, and, like, when it first came out, I was seeing a lot of tweets about, like, oh my god, Lemtov spinoff, when? And obviously I would love that, because when have I never not loved a Dan Stevens movie? Um, but I was like, actually, I feel like, in the context, I don't really need a a Lemtov sequel. Like, he goes off with Mita to Greece at the end, and I'm like, okay, Mm. he's got people who cares about him, he's okay. I don't, Eurovision is so perfect, I don't really want a sequel, because I don't want it to be unperfect. Um, and I think he is just, like, a perfectly played, written, developed side character. So my question Mm. for you is, like, what is a supporting character in a film that, you know, could be given a spinoff or just really shines and elevates the movie that they're in? Mm. Yeah, so, um, the one that I thought of is Pippin from Lord of the Rings. Oh! And, yeah, so, but... I feel like it kind of is a cop-out in a way, because Tolkien, like, every character really has an arc, and every character has a whole thing, but what I really liked about Pippin is, like, 
not only like the comedy side of it, it was like, cause all these characters are like a fish out of water and Pippin's very like, what is happening? All these things really, really cheerful. And I just liked their story arc of him finding out who he was. And then he like made a mistake and he all of a sudden was how to be with like, not the king, but like the, the, the steward, a, he, the steward. And, um, I knew a Lord of the Rings thing, guys. And that moment when he sings that song. Do you remember the song he sings to him? I do remember him? the song that he sings and, to like, him. And, like, the guy's, like, eating everything and everyone's dying and he's just crying. Ugh. And I hate watching John Noble eat things. Oh, I think his art, his arc is beautiful. And he was the first thing that came to mind for me. Another one is, um, it's not, t- it's not a movie, it's TV, is in Avatar The Last Airbender, the character Iroh. He is the uncle of Zuko, and I love that character so much. He is just this uncle who is, like, really fierce, but he loves tea, and he's always just really wants to just have some tea, and he gets his own tea shop, and he's just, like, really chill, but also really fierce. And I think a big reason why I really like him is because he reminds me of Rohan, which is my D&D character that I've been playing for two years. He's just this, like, uncle type that's really kind and just kind of, like, wants to help out, but also, like, can be pretty fierce in battle. And I'm like, yes, I want him. And I'm not done the season yet, so I don't know, or the series, I don't know what happens to him. But I just, every time I get to know a little bit more about his backstory, I am like, yes, I want to know more. Like, currently he is trapped and he is, like, putting on a great show of being, like, a captive, but he's actually, like, working out and getting ready to fight. And I'm like, yes! this is awesome and I don't want more from these characters like I don't want a Pippin spinoff I don't want like I don't want any of that because there has been moments when like for example in Pixar's car they made like a mater was like the lead (laughs) in one of those like stop you know like Like, sometimes characters do just work like you said before like Lim tells like a really big presence and he's got this really intense voice and like I know they I didn't I haven't seen Sarah Marshall or get him to the grave like they tried that with Russell Brand's character and it's just like no these characters work in the context of the world you originally created so when you shift the spotlight it doesn't work in the same way um, I was trying to think of, like, a good deep cut example to share with you, and, like, one of my first thoughts was the movie Gosford Park, which is one of my favorites. We might talk about it at some point. Um, but, but it's, Gosford Park doesn't really work, because it's truly an ensemble film, so people do have smaller parts, mm-hmm. but, like, everyone, like, it, like, gets an arc. And so, like, I think the two main examples that will surprise literally no one are, um, Riley in National Treasure. Have you seen National I Treasure? I have, but, like, once oh. a long time ago. Oh, okay. Um, the Nicholas Cage's psychic in National Treasure is the real National Treasure of that movie. And then this one, <laughs> I know you know, um, is Miss Rhode Island from Miss Congeniality. Yes! And, like, I oh, rewatched yes. Miss Congeniality a couple months ago, and I was kind of disappointed that, like, it didn't... It's still fun, but it didn't hold up in, like, kind of the way I expected it to. Mm. Um, but Miss Rhode Island is still a shining, shimmering star in the firmament of film. I truly believe that side characters make a film. They do. I remember, like, even, like, in musical theater, I remember, like, I played Jan in, like, Grease. And I was like, I'd rather play Jan because, like, you get that excitement. Or me and my sister would always have this debate of if you ever were in Legally Blonde the musical, would you want to play Elle or Paulette? And I'm like, I don't know. That's hard to know because Paulette makes it. 
But like I love, Elle gets songs. Oh my you god, know? I love Paulette so much in the movie and the musical. Right? Like I would rather be that not necessarily like funny sidekick, but I would want to be that person that people remember or they have their arc or they are serve their purpose and they're there and they're powerful but they're important than like the main character. I think I'd rather be a memorable character than a main character. And on that note, I just remembered that folklore comes out in three and a half hours, so we need to wrap this up so that I can go lie down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wait, we got, I gotta do my whole little spiel. Um, I know. That's got do your thing. thing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter or Tumblr at Hi Ho Podcast. You can email us at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, that was a YouTube thing. Don't forget to review and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Podcatcher, or whatever podcatcher that you use. Um, and we look forward to hearing you and continue to talk about things. One day I'll, one day yeah, I'll get this down really smoothly. I feel like I always start out really strong and then kind of lose steam halfway through. <laughs> I, I, like, I think because you have like so much in your mind, you're like, hey, I gotta remember this, this, and this one's slightly different than this, but do this Is too. this like when I have to do like safety talks at the job I don't have anymore because pandemic? And I would always just be like, I've got social media at the end. <laughs> because I could see someone in the back oh, of me also, like, we have started a thing. Oh um, my god, see, this, this is why. I knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> um, because we have, um, by the time this episode comes out, um, the first installment would have been out already. But we're going to be, um, we have a Spotify account that's not a podcast. It's just like a regular Spotify account. Um, and I believe it's just Hi Ho Podcast. Still it is. Right? And we are going to be yes. curating playlists because we like talking about music. Um, but like those are a little trickier to do than movies, but we still want to find a way to share songs. And also it's just, I used to be really into curating podcast or playlists and I haven't really done that lately. So this is going to be good to dig my hands back into some musical muck. Exactly. So we'll be releasing, um, so the July one sh- will be out now. Um, and so we'll release them at like the ends of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are like songs that we have been getting us through these days. Exactly. And there's a wide different types of songs. And we made like one playlist and try to figure out who, who <laughs> picked which songs it may be more obvious sometimes than others. But, there's going to be a lot um, of Eurovision on there this month. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, so please check that out. Give it some love and listen along and remember to like what you like. Your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. And this week it was. Hooray! Yay!